Welcome to another episode of Built on Passion. I'm Drew, and today we're talking to Than Rule, CEO of Wadbottom. Today we talk about their mission, how they keep up with constant product launches, and their experience raising money from angel investors. Hey, Than, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Drew. So to get started, tell us a little bit about Wadbottom. Uh, sure thing. So Wadbottom is uh, the brainchild of mine that we started back in 2015. We are an athletic apparel company that we like to say we do fun and funky designs uh, for a cause. So we raise awareness and also donate to our local domestic abuse uh, uh, shelter. Okay, awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about you and your background? Sure. Yeah. So I, I don't have much of background in business. I was actually a respiratory therapist for about 10 years before I started the company. And when, it, and when I left that, I was actually the manager at uh, Specialty Hospital in Madison, Wisconsin. And really, I just hated it so much that it really kind of spurred me to even, uh, you know, get a quicker start on the business than I had anticipated. So what led you into starting Wadbottom specifically? Sure. So... <laughs> Truthfully, it was a little bit out of jealousy of my wife's time freedom. Um, she had her own marketing business back then and really kind of made her own hours. She was, you know, she'd, I'd be working a 12 hour shift at the hospital and she would be texting me saying, I'm going to take the kids to the pool. Hope you're having a good day. And I'd just be like, ah, oh, I'm missing out. So I really just wanted to find something that I could start from home and, you know, see how it took off. And that's kind of what led me to it. I bought a course on how to sell products on Amazon. And our first product was a silicone wedding ring. And then we just kind of, you know, we threw out a lot of gear options at first, uh, anything from jump ropes to foam rollers, wrist straps, knee sleeves, and then kind of went on from there. So what kind of led you into the athletic apparel and, and like, did that stick more than the other things or what made that sure. kind of the main thing right now? Yeah. Um, so at that time, it was like October of 2014, uh, my wife and I had just got engaged and we were, we had just started working out at a CrossFit, a local CrossFit gym. And one thing that we noticed is every time she'd go to the gym, if she didn't take off her engagement ring, there's a good chance that she could scratch it on the barbells or the pull-up bars or whatever. So, you know, that was kind of the, the idea for the silicone wedding ring. And you know, and then it just really, you know, I've always been a fan of fitness and working out and it just kind of evolved from there. Okay. Awesome. So tell me a little bit, and I know you guys kind of have, you, you make, you sell products for a cause. Tell me a little bit about your cause. Yeah. So when we started, we knew that we wanted to have some reason why, why we were doing this company. And unfortunately my wife grew up in a, an abusive uh, home and so that was a cause that right away that we're like, okay, if we don't want to support something. Let's do that. We have an amazing uh, nonprofit here in Madison, Wisconsin called uh, Domestic Abuse Intervention Services. And so pretty early on, we um, met with them, talked about how we could help them out. We've done anything from a, we did like a, uh, like a fun, we've done fundraisers with them. They've actually done a, um, like a catwalk with them, with our products, um, you know, and now we basically just donate every month a uh, portion of our sales, as well as we collect tips from customers uh, that we donate back as well. And we also do what we call like our Fridays email. And we select a product each week that um, all, this, uh, all the profits of that product will go to them. Um, we do that every week as well. 
Well, that's awesome. It's great to have like something like that that's like really ingrained in in the business and like yeah. really giving to it on an often often way like that. Well, just to um, you know, especially over COVID as well, it's like domestic violence was on the rise big time. You know, it's like now more than ever. You know, it's a good time to get involved and know how prevalent that is in our society, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a great cause to be given to. Do they play any parts like in the business? Like, do they like help you guys design? like products and stuff like that? Or is it mostly just the giving side? Yeah, just the giving side. Mary, who's the director over there, has been super helpful and has come out and met with us a few times. You know, we've talked about holding a big fundraiser at our location. We just haven't, you know, we haven't figured that out yet, quite yet. But um, yeah, she's been super helpful, but nothing in terms of product or business related, really. Okay, great. So how do you guys develop your products? Yeah, so my wife is the... Uh, creative mind for sure so all the patterns and the cool designs that you see are really her and we do have some uh, overseas um, designers as well but she's the designer right now we manufacture we have partners in Colombia as well as in China we're also looking at some local or some at U.S. based uh, manufacturers as well it's just a little bit harder to get into that with prices are a little bit more elevated for sure but you know yeah, but we're you know we're really happy with Columbia right now. We have really good minimum orders and good good terms as well, payment terms. That's great. Do you have any new product lines that are in the works? I well, we just launched a men's line here probably less than a month ago. It's not much of a men's line yet. It's got uh, one pair of shorts and a pair of joggers, but they're fantastic and super comfy. And then we also have some t-shirts and stuff. And then on top of that. We do pre-orders every every almost every month, um, so we have new pre-orders going on. And then, probably one of the most exciting things for us is we um, have a short of the month club as well that we launched earlier this year. We've been growing at least ten percent month over month on that, and that's really exciting. That's great. Yeah, I've um, a good bit to dig in there. Um, yeah. But the last few podcasts I've done, uh, the subscription model has seemed to be a very like important step for a lot of businesses to take in e-commerce to kind of like be able to be on top of production and also, mm-hmm. you know, demand management and all that. Yeah. I get that recurring revenue. I mean, it's, yeah, it's been awesome. You know, we really have an amazing core group of customers here at Wadbottom. You know, I was looking kind of at our stats here this morning and it's like, we have over 700 people that have done over $2,000, you know, of booty shorts basically, you know, so our repeat customer rate is super, super high. You know, we actually, we don't struggle, but we're always trying to get those new customers because once we get a customer, we're pretty good at keeping them and holding them on, uh, holding on to them. Yeah, just an amazing group of customers. I mean, yeah, couldn't ask for more. It's great. I imagine big strategy there that helps you kind of get that huge revenue per customer is likely that you guys have like a, a large revolving amount of styles. Do you do that every month or how does that work? Yeah, we usually do one to two drops every month. You know, it's not always easy to do that, especially in these times. But, you know, our customers have come to expect this, you know, new stuff every single month. Uh, so, yeah, usually every every two weeks to a month, we'll launch uh, probably anywhere from two to seven new items. You know, and it's usually not new, like a new product net per se, but it's usually just new new designs, new uh, in-steam perhaps, uh, stuff like that. Awesome. How do you keep up with like that level of new products while also like importing products from overseas? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, we have a pretty small team here. We all wear a lot of hats. You know, I think 
right now our biggest problem, you know, in the past we were working more with China who had higher minimums. So, you know, that when things didn't sell through uh, quickly, that kind of always hurt us. So now with Columbia, we have a lot lower minimums. So we tend to sell through stuff really quickly. So it's not quite as big a deal about holding on to things. And we're able to, you know, we're always just pushing forward basically um, to get new products out and to sell through the old products as fast as we can. And we're usually doing one-offs. So, you know, it's kind of, we create some FOMO with our customers and we have lots of customers that will be looking for past designs on, you know, these you know, these other uh, websites where they can find stuff. And yeah, I mean, it's like we become, I don't know, a special product for some of these customers, which is which is just really surreal, I guess, to be honest. Yeah, that's great. It's nice to have, especially in like the the fitness industry and, you know, with athletic wear, a lot of it's very similar, right? It's like yeah. the red shirt, the blue shirt, or the gray shirt, you know, or leggings in these eight colors. So I think that that's probably a very interesting thing for your customers to have, you know, a way to express themselves and then lots of different yep. options to do so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, that's how we differentiate ourselves from our customer or from other brands. We say we, you know, we have like Amazon speed type shipping, you know, like we, we try to ship same day or next day at the latest. Uh, we have amazing customer service. Katie's our uh, amazing customer service uh, woman here in the office and, uh, people rave about her. We have a Facebook group where people talk about her all the time. And then, of course, our products, you know, we try to differentiate by, by being fun and kind of different where you, you know, designs where you're not going to be able to find everywhere else, like a, a, a unicorn T-Rex lifting weights or something like that, or a lifting avocado that we call our Kiss My Haas shorts or something like that. And we try to have like lots of fun, punny, punny names, we'll say. And yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of our biggest differentiator is just uh, product uh, design as well as speed of shipping and customer service. I like to think. Yeah. You guys, um, I saw on your website, you got a round of funding a couple of years ago. What was that process like? That was amazing. So in uh, late 2019, we were part of a startup accelerator here in Madison. Uh, we were selected out of one of five companies out of, I think, uh, 45 or 50 companies that applied. And kind of during that process, they teach you and kind of help you get ready to pitch in front of investors. And part of the program is you actually are pitching in front of investors. So that ended, I think, uh, in December of 2019. And right away, uh, my wife, Emily, and I, we got on the road and started meeting with people as much as we could. And we heard a lot of no's. I mean, a lot of investors are looking for, you know, either, you know, high growth tech stuff, you know, um, medical stuff. I mean, just we weren't athletic apparel wasn't something most people were interested in. And we finally, I finally got an actually an email from an angel investor that heard my pitch somewhere and reached out. My wife and I ended up meeting with them in March of 2020, kind of right before everything was crazy. And, you know, like we went down and met with them, had an amazing conversation. And it really, we left there thinking, okay, this is going to happen. We're going to get an investment. And then that weekend was like, we have a pandemic, everything's going nuts. And, and it just seemed like the world was falling apart. And we really thought that that was kind of the end of it. But yeah, we were lucky enough. They believed in us enough. And, you know, they called us back about a week later and um, said they wanted to invest in us. And then not only did they invest us in, I think we got our first round in uh, May, but then they ended up putting in some more money in November of that same year. And with that, we really, you know, we did everything we could to grow 
quickly and really use that to our best advantage. We used quite a bit of it on uh, well, marketing, photography, and product, of course. And it just really helped us kind of grow really quickly. That's great. I When you think about accelerators and incubators and stuff like that, mm -hmm. like you said, it is usually more of like a tech scene. And I know here in Atlanta, yeah. we've got a bunch and it, they're all pretty much tech-based. Were there other e-commerce brands in that incubator with you or how was that set up? Yeah, so it was, um, let's see, I'm trying to remember now. There was no other like physical product company in there, if I remember correctly. We had, you know, there was someone that was kind of more of a graphic designer and did like newspaper design and flyer design for people. Um, we had a like a food-based company, I believe. I think there was an app. But yeah, no other physical products. We were the only one, which kind of made us unique. But it also really made us stand out, I feel like, in the accelerator. And we got a lot of attention through it because of that. That's great. Um, what were some like really important learnings that came out of that? Wow. Out of the investment or out of the accelerator? Out of, out of the accelerator. I'm very, I'm very interested. Okay. I, I don't hear a lot about uh, e-commerce yeah. brands going through accelerators like that. Sure. I mean, really just how to like talk to an investor, what they're actually looking for, you know, doing deep dive into research on our markets, you know, uh, finding out kind of what that um, multiplier is that we could uh, potentially sell the business for in the future. So those were most of the things I learned from that. And if you're talking about investment, <laughs> uh, things I learned from investment now, especially, I think is just, you know, looking back, I wish we would would have tried to grow at a more manageable uh, pace. Like we really just went hard. And I think, you know, it, it, when doing that, you tend to make um, more mistakes because you're really just pushing hard and fast instead of, you know, trying things, letting it, you know, see how it plays out. But of course, you, you live and learn as you go through the process. And uh, that's what we're doing. That's great. Um, so how are you guys selling right now? Are you doing mostly on your website or are you selling Amazon too? Uh, almost primarily on our website. We do have some uh, product on Amazon. And then we also do a fair number of live events where we'll go set up as a vendor at a CrossFit uh, competition or you know, weightlifting or whatever as well. Awesome. What would you say has been the hardest part of starting this business? Cash flow. You know, be, being being an inventory heavy business, I mean, we're always running into cash flow issues, you know, especially when we've kind of our customers have come to expect that new product every month. So I think, yeah, learning how to sell through products um, quickly and um, you know, getting better terms with your suppliers helps a lot. And let's see. I mean, I think really just uh, maybe I'm I'm a, I'm one of those people that I when I make a decision I just go for it and which has been really good for me in a lot of things. But also, you know, sometimes I don't give stuff the uh, the amount of uh, thought maybe that it requires that are maybe that I should have. And I look back at some of the decisions I've made and I, you know and of course hindsight's twenty twenty so it's easy to look back and be like ah why did you do that man you should have done this or so I mean those are kind of the biggest things that when I look back it's just little mistakes that I'm like now know better, you know, not to jump too hard into a new product line, for instance, that's kind of why we our men's line. We launched really small because we've made that mistake of where we've launched a new product line, uh, for instance, leggings and have come out with like 10 different leggings all of a sudden. And then it's like, oh, okay, crickets, people know us for our shorts mostly. And it, it takes some time to build up that customer base to try those new products. So 
Yeah, just you know, going at a, a more manageable speed, I think. Probably one of the awesome. bigger things. Yeah. I guess that kind of ties into um what my next question, which was like, what advice would you give someone who wanted to start like a product business today? My advice would probably be not to start a product business. <laughs> Truthfully, like when my wife and I talk about, you know, like we have we throw around business ideas all the time. I mean, that's kind of what we do when we're out and we or we like critique other people's businesses, of course. But, you know, looking back, it's just like, you know, having a, a digital product or something, you know, a program or something like that would be just so much easier to manage that. And I guess, you know, it's it's always going to be harder than you think it is. And that's probably why most people quit. I mean, we've been in, in it now for this is our seventh year. And I don't think there's been a year other than maybe when we first got our investment where I felt really comfortable and really like, OK, we're good to go. You know, it's, it's always it's always a struggle, but you know, you keep pushing forward. And if you're, I just never give up and I just, I, I just refuse to, I refuse to lose. So, I, you know, that's kind of what we do is we're just going to keep going and keep pushing and it's been working for us so far and we're getting through it, um, especially during COVID and this recession and everything else going on right now. It's like, you know, we're getting through it and we will get through it, um, but it's definitely not uh, easy for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, a lot of the outside factors too that play into, you know, marketing and, and e-commerce sure. businesses today with, you know, the Facebook updates and the iOS updates and all yeah. that. And mm -hmm. um, it, it, there's no, um, e-commerce is not a passive investment, right? Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's, it's always, you can't just have a product and run ads and sell it. it. It's a constantly evolving process. For sure, man. For sure. Where are you guys seeing a lot of traction right now advertising wise? Well, yeah, Facebook is a lot tougher than it used to be. That's for sure. Like you said, probably our biggest channels right now are SMS and email. And then, you know, I've actually kind of taken over Google and I've been working on that. And that's actually been going pretty well, uh, better than Facebook as far as ROI and the uh, cost of acquiring a customer, for sure. Have but, you had any trouble scaling with Google? Yeah, <laughs> probably because it's me doing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm you know, I'm, I'm going in there every day and trying to like see if I can increase, uh, you know, ad spend and increase budgets or I'm duplicating ads or trying something new, but yeah, it's kind of limited to my time, I guess, um, as well. And it's not my biggest focus, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. I know I, I've talked to several businesses that have trouble, have trouble with Google because they can always acquire customers cheaper on Google, it yeah. seems. And yep. then, you know, they hit limits on how much they can spend. And then it's like, well, I'm acquiring customers, you know, cheaply or profitably, but I can't acquire more of them because it's like, it seems like it's very limited. Yeah, no, I get you for sure. Cool. So where do you see the business heading in the next uh, few years? Well, I mean, my wife and I's um, really main objective is to grow this business to where we can exit it. You know, I think we're going to lean very heavily still on our subscription model and trying to grow that. I think it's just really nice and investors really like that recurring revenue that they can count on as well. So leaning heavily on that, being cautious about new markets that we're going into. But, you know, I, I think just kind of the natural progression of new product lines is where we would get to, you know, like right now we have, you know, leggings, sports bras, all that stuff. You know, the next thing might be, you know, doing more of like an athletic pant or a running short, uh, for instance. Um, we also get a lot of requests for like a mommy and me line. Of course, that's just more inventory. So I'm not sure if we'll do that or not. 
but yeah, I mean, I think just, you know, growing the business in, you know, we'll probably try things, you know, we, we like to, you know, that's kind of the perks of having small businesses. You can try things and if it doesn't work, you scrap it and move on to something else and you can do that pretty easily. So I don't know if that was a very good answer or not, <laughs> but that's kind of the gist of it really. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, before we, before we wrap up, I want to give you a chance to kind of uh, tell everyone how to find you and um, all that. Sure. So, I mean, you can find us at wadbottom.com. So wad is workout of the day in CrossFit lingo. And then bottom is just how it sounds. And we sell bottoms. And that's kind of where in our heart, and our, sorry, our logo is an upside down heart with the barbell through it, which looks like a butt. So it's kind of, <laughs> so wad bottom is where we can, you can find us. We're on all the social channels as well, um, just under wad bottom and look for your local, uh, you know, domestic uh, nonprofit and try to help out there whenever you can, I would suggest as well. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. It was great talking to you today. Yeah. Thanks so much, Drew. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Built on Passion podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you are still listening right now, you need to leave a review. Like seriously, if you are committed enough to listen to the outro, then you must be a fan and we would love to hear your thoughts. Be sure to share this episode with a friend who's thinking about starting a passion project business. And as always, tune in next week for another episode.